Welcome to the Holsey B. Mark radio station. Listen, share, follow. Be part of the journey. Listen to things from cryptozoology, UFO, comedy, music, interviews, Freddy the Free Car Show, and much, much more. Enjoy the show. Items behind the films. The wedding dress. When Annabelle comes home, a wedding dress in a museum was a strong presence. In the full first hour, half hour of the film, the backstory behind the deadly dress is revealed. Whoever puts the dress on is sure to be murder a fancy. Spectre debunks the dress roots, confirming that this white gown is present in the gold museum. It's not known whether or not the dress belonged to a bride. Petra confirms that the killer financier's original story of the grown gown betrayed its 100% fictional. It was certainly designed to up to the spine-chilling ante of the film on the big screen. The fictional story behind the white gown in the cultist museum was that a woman claims to be true, the white lady of the Union Graveyard. Connecticut. She is spotted for decades and decades. Sophia says, even recently, people have caught a glimpse of that figure. According to one of the supposed witnesses, a white lady was a young man named Rob Fancini. One night in 2009, Rod was driving past the Union Graveyard at around 1am when he clocked out of work. He was going down Route 59 when he suddenly felt a presence take form in his passenger seat. Rod glanced over his shoulder. As soon as he surprised, he saw a man dressed in a sixties garb. Rod looked away, overcome by fear, when suddenly turned to peek again. When Rod looked over, the entity vanished. He left in air just as quickly as it arrived. Rod refocused his eyes on the road, and doing so, inspectively spotted a woman about thirty-five or forty yards ahead, being dressed in a white gown with a veil. A light lady, as she is called, raised her hand in front of her. Just to say stop. Rod barely sharply pumped the brakes. As soon as he did, the white lady lunged at the vehicle and went right through his car. Then the apparition disappeared. Stephen said Rod felt a wisp of air go by his right ear. He just knew that the sensation was going through the car. He looked out from the window and once more saw the side of the road tinted with black brick radio. Someone coated the red road red paint. When the white lady went for Rod, he felt a sense of sorrow and compassion, like she was trying to tell him something, perhaps attempting to view the potential tragic details of her timely death. On a separation when Transformers fire broke out on the Route 25, the white lady firstly manifest herself to not such degree as it becomes solid. An off-duty policeman and firefighter responding to call when he actually struck the white lady. The impact was severe and a crash dented their truck. The white lady was able to become solid, and night because the energy screwing from the Transformers gave the spirit the energy to manifest. All the hospitals and police were called, but no accidents were reported. This is not a living lady. It believed a woman the officers hit. 
was a white lady of Union Graveyard. Yannabel Dole. Main difference between the new line Annabelle and the museum's doll, a museum doll, is the appearance. If Annabelle movie fans are taught a fear of jazzed up Hollywood purposes, a real life Annabelle Bell doll is not wide eyed and made porcelain. It's actually an innocent looking raggedy and doll. Regardless, the image of real doll is said to be dangerous. Looks are deceiving. It's not a doll that looks looks like that makes it scary it's when it's been infused with the dull evil Annabelle's original story in the films contrasts sharply with the story maintained by the museum in non-fiction version of Annabelle there are two nurses living together in Hartford, Connecticut one of the nurses was gifted and a raggedy Ann doll by her mother in 1970 it's believed the mother purchased doll from a second hand store after she received a present, a string of eerie occurrences ensued the apartment. For instance, the nurse would leave the doll on the couch, only to find a doll sitting in her bedroom. Other day, she would go out knowing that she left the doll's legs uncrossed and come home seeing legs intertwined. The nurses became concerned with the inner subtle movements, especially when they discovered parchment paper and words. Help me, within crowns scattered around the apartment. Moon had no idea where the parchment paper came from, as they had none stored in the complex. Parchment notes were nothing compared to what will happen next. One morning, one of the nurses were eating at their breakfast nook. Annabelle's two flimsy, lit like cloth arms levitated onto the table. When this startling and paranormal activity took place, the nurses were oddly fascinated by the doll. One of the nurses deduced the doll's actions meant she was trying to communicate with the mermaids, so she called a psychic for advice. A medium took no time coming to the nurse's aid and quickly held a seance. While hosting a ritual, the psychic reported that she was sensing the spirit of a young girl, about six to nine, seven years old. The psychic went on to impart that the child was killed outside of this apartment complex. I can't answer her name is Annabelle, and she is in that doll, the circuit said, and that's how the name Annabelle came to be. After processing what they heard, nurses believed a human spirit was occupying the doll, and they began treating Annabelle more like a human than a doll. For all, everything was fine, till one night, Lou, the fancy, one of the nurses, was sleeping on the couch, with Annabelle apparently seated on the opposite end. That night, Lou woke up startled and sweaty. One of the nurses asked him what was wrong, which he responded, With the craziest nightmare, I had an idea that a doll that was crawling out my leg and not on my neck. It got to my neck and was trying to strangle me to death. And I angrily reacted to the nightmare. Lou picked up the bell and chucked her. Raggedy doll crossed the night from the apartment floor. Lou belittled the doll, shouting, She's nothing more than a bit Annabelle, Raggedy Annabelle, doll. She can't hurt anyone. As soon as Annabelle launched the doll, he said to provoke the demonic presence attached to it, causing several psychic wounds to appear in his body, full of slashes in the chest and free in his stomach. His wounds caught up like claw marks and scalp from incisions, incisions of the flesh. Attack on Lou was intricate. 
indicative that the spirit tied to the doll was more sinister than a six-year-old girl. One might wonder why Annabelle targeted Lou and not nurses. It speculated that by comparing Lou's sensitivity to the doll to poison ivy, say you came across a poison ivy plant and told not to touch it. Well, some people can touch the plant and get no, don't not get poisoned. Whereas other people can touch plant, my body become riddled with a rash. After the assault, the tormented nurses turned to the epicultural priest, Connecticut, for help. As a result of the severity of the predicament, the priest indicated them to, directed them to the Warrens. Once Ed and Lauren Warren were on the Gunnable case, they had a priest to do an exorcism in the apartment to cast out any spirits. Afterwards, Ed took the doll with him for safekeeping. After the client Bernal rescue placed her in the back seat of his vehicle, he claimed he's experienced car trouble on his way home, similar to the car trouble like being seen in the start of Annabelle Comes Home. Today, the Annabelle Bowl remains housed safely in a glass case in the occult museum. This is the Occult Museum, run by Tony Sepper, museum curator and son-in-law of renowned demonologists Ed and Lorraine Warren. The Morning Bracelet and Annabelle came home and coping with the loss of her father, Daniel Katie Streif. Diana, Dalla, Danalia, sorry, puts the museum's morning bracelet on her wrist to attempt to contact her deceased loved one. She puts a photo of her beloved dad in the bracelet and asks to speak to him. When she does this, she disobeys a no-touching policy in the museum. It confirms that such item in the museum, though he suspects that the object is likely inspired by the museum perils of death. In the cult museum, there is a real set of bells. A woman was given when she placed the bells on her neck. She claimed to feel as though she had been strangled to death. People around her had to yank those bells off of the woman to save her. It goes back to the cursed objects. The objects that someone put a curse onto. It could be a bracelet, necklace, or any articles someone's performed incantations and rituals over put bad vibes like, into like someone did to the Annabelle doll. The same way a priest can bless a holy relic, a satanic worshipper, or black magic compression and can curse a belonging, or ex, as ex-fidentified by the perils of death. The Feely Mealy Game. There's no Feely Mealy Game in the occult museum. Nor is there summarised so, in case you were wondering. Please, at the occasion of a game, came to be a classic Ouija board, since some games involved using one hand. 
with a fiddly minigame. One person sticks his hand in a box with 20 objects inside, tries to fill around the objects seen, the car they drove. Race to use a Ouija board, two people and one person can put their hands on a plastic pangetta and answer spirit questions. It's different that the feeding minigame, but actually a Ouija board is much more dangerous because you like asking to talk to spirits from an unknown realm. Once you've opened the door to another realm, it's very difficult to close it. It's like opening a window in a log cabin in the woods, thinking in one nice monarch butterflies, hard to kill, but a wolf, a coati, or a bear can come through and harm you. Your energy is fitting for the spirit realm. You wouldn't want, you wouldn't, you don't, you don't know what's out there, so you must be careful what you invite in. A conjuring mirror. In Annabelle come home, there is a television set in a museum that shows the future we look into. It, when Donna looks into the set, she becomes frozen. She's been toned to stone. So this TV set was completely fabricated for the film, well, they were, it must have come from the Oak Country Mirror, the Occult Mirror Museum. The mirror had given its name because it's someone's God's fancy attempt to conjure spirits in its reflection. The, well, this particular object, a man in New Jersey, is said to have sat in front of all mounted mirror for hours at end, continuously asking to summon his deceased family members. Hey, I want to see you. Can I, you t- come and talk to me? He would ask the mirror. He sat in darkness and nothing but a red light bulb behind him. The man beckoned and looking glass for about two weeks. After a fortnight passed, ugly monstrosities' faces appeared in the mirror. Hellish faces were diabolical. They drove the man to a mental institution. It's pointed out the country is known as Crystal Macy. Crystal Macy is where the spirit is able to present itself as shiny objects such as a TV, mirror, plate, glass, window, or bumper, or car, etc. The woman's gained possession of the country mirror when the owner's family called them to the home after he admitted, was admitted to a mental institution. The Werewolf Claw in Annabelle Comes Home Museum, a werewolf paw is shown to an audience resting on a shelf. Late in the film, a living, breathing werewolf lurks outside a woman's house in the bushes near their chicken coop. There is no werewolf paw exists in the museum. However, the werewolf paw is lightly invented as a nod to London's case. Ed and Lauren worked on when they penned a book called about werewolf, a true story of Dominic possession. There is a case in London where a man who could turn into a werewolf. He didn't become a werewolf like in the movies, but he would act like a werewolf. The man would growl, turn his fingers into claws, attack people in the streets of London. It's a werewolf in London case. The man who came under attack was William, a.k.a. Bill Ramsey. Warrens believed that Ramsey was possessed by a spirit of a case that causes lamp Canthropathy, the supernatural transmission of humans and wolf. To save Ramsey's soul in 1989, Ed and Lorraine Warren brought him all the way to the United States from London to have Bishop Robert McKenney perform an exorcism of him and free him from evil force. After the exorcism was carried out, Bill Ramsey was said to be free from evil that was in him. He returned to his normal, formless life 
and went to the organ. Once again, Daniela breaks the no-touching rule of the museum when she presses her fingers down on the key of the museum piano. Of all the moment the playing team playing had just struck, disputed, disputed, while she spooked by the outworldly man who appears suddenly playing next to her. In the film, as in the film depiction, claims there is fact an organ in the cult museum that belonged to Ed Warren. He obtained after authorities cleaned out a haunted house owned by Reverend Elkham Phillips, Phelps of Stratton, Stratford, Connecticut. Eventually the residence burned down, but before the home went down in flames, it was emptied. Somebody from the authority at the city of Stratford reached out to Ed, asking him of his interest in keeping the organ. Ed Warren secured the instrument by an but only carrying out more than all the organ back to him to the occult museum. Ed would play the strains of the museum, playing, could hear the strains of his organ playing at night. So he thought to himself, gee, someone must have broken into the museum. So Ed would get, get down to the stairs and check. Of course there's nothing there. Perhaps or not. I'm afraid you could get to the museum. The organ stopped playing. This false alarm happened three times. The organ finally quieted after the priest came to the Western Museum. It was done on a regular basis. The Catholic plague comes in every two or three months to bless the entire museum and all the objects. The legends behind the Annabelle come home.